The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 32 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two exciting Western episodes of Fort Laramie, starring Raymond Burr. We'll begin after this short break. Fort Laramie aired on CBS Radio for just one season in 1956. It starred Raymond Burr as Lee Quince, captain of the cavalry at Fort Laramie on the Wyoming frontier during the 19th century. The fort had 400 troops in all, but they had to keep their eye on a nearby Indian reservation with 4,000 Cheyenne camped there. Producer-director Norman McDonald saw Fort Laramie as a monument to ordinary men who lived in extraordinary times, with their enemies being the rugged, uncharted country, the heat, the cold, disease, boredom, and perhaps last of all, hostile Indians. Men died at Fort Laramie. Some died of drowning, some of freezing, some of typhoid and smallpox. But it's a matter of record that in all the years the cavalry was stationed at Fort Laramie, only four troopers died of gunshot wounds. The stories focused as much on atmosphere and mood as on violence and action. McDonald made it clear to his writers that historical accuracy was essential in the integrity of the series. Correct geographic names, authentic Indian practices, and true military terminology was insisted upon. McDonald relied on John Meston and Les Crutchfield, his gunsmoke writers for the Fort Laramie scripts. Vic Perrin was Sergeant Gorse, Kerry Bartell was Lieutenant Seibertz, and Jack Moyles was Major Dackett. Supporting roles were voiced by John Daner, John McIntyre, Virginia Gregg, Parley Bear, and Barney Phillips. Time now for the first of two Western episodes of Fort Laramie, starring Raymond Burr. In this first one, a widow is all alone out on the prairie, easy prey for Indians and soldiers. Here's the woman at Horse Creek on Fort Laramie. Laramie. 
Fort Laramie, starring Raymond Burr as Captain Lee Quince. Specially transcribed tales of the dark and tragic ground of the wild frontier. The saga of fighting men who rode the rim of empire. And the dramatic story of Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. How far you reckon it is to the North Platte, Captain? Ten miles, Sergeant. No more than that. Lieutenant Seibert should have the company bivouac there by now. You aim to follow the creek bed clean up there, sir? Not after we water the horses. Ah, this spot's good enough. Yes, sir. Move up, Flint. Sergeant? Captain says we'll take a break here, ease those cinches, and lead the mounts down to the stream there in water. All right, Sergeant. After they're watered, they can pin graze. I'll mind them. <sighs> kind of peaceful, ain't it? It's quiet. Yeah, sit down, Gorse. More comfortable than the McClelland. Yes, sir. Yeah, them Shoshones, they got a way of wearing you out. You think they're still running, Captain? They'll be back. They never run for long. Not when they're hungry. I never heard of Shoshones as far east as the Nebraska border before. You can find them as far east as Texas. Only there we call them Comanches. They're offshoots of the same tribe. They sure don't talk the same. The dialect's the only difference. They're a disorganized lot, the Shoshones. I guess we can be glad for that. Yeah. Little of them goes a long way. How about the company, Captain? We'll know more when we rendezvous. Lieutenant Seibertz has orders to make camp on the North Platte until the company's accounted for. I think we held up, sir. Yeah, I hope so. I sure got a thirst. Hold it, Gorse. You hear that? Like digging? Up there. Top of the rise. I don't see anybody. Neither do I yet. Come on. I move small. She's awful little to be man in that space. Man, she's not too handy with it. She must want a hole dug awful bad. That hurts like granite. Yeah, let's go up, Sergeant. Feels like she's alone. Yeah. Ma'am? You, uh, you cut out a big job for yourself. I, I got no food, no coffee, nothing to offer the army. We're not asking for anything. Could have come yesterday. Yesterday, I could have stood it if you'd come. You'll be all your life picking away at that hard pan. Haven't you got a man to do this for you? I had one yesterday. He's dead now. And the man's got a right to a grave. Sergeant? Yes, sir? Get Flint up here. Tell him we need a grave dug. Yes, sir. Where, uh, where is your husband, ma'am? In bed. 
in the hut there. Gangrene. He's ridden with it. Must have taken him a long time to die. Yes, sir. Got a broken leg. That's hard pain, Captain. Looks hard, Gorse. Here, we'll wrap him in these bedclothes. Right, sir. The army always take over this way when it's too late. It's best he's out of here, ma'am. You ready, Gorse? Yes, sir. Easy now. Don't... Don't bury him. Just yet. Grave's not ready yet. Drink it, Mrs. Dennis. It's hot, that's all I can promise. A long time at it. It takes time. Drink it, Miss Dennis. Luther was a long time at it, too, the dying. I know. All the things he's lived through out here. Indian raids and blizzards and... Drought, starvation. There's never been food enough. But a broken leg. That had to kill him. You're a long way from help out here. Yesterday, just yesterday. And you come today. Yesterday would have been too late too, Mrs. Dennis. Always before I, I could do something. I freeze with him, starve with him. When's the last time you watched a man die, Captain? Yesterday. Did it take ten days? Ten days and ten nights? Did you hear him scream with pain and beg for you to go for help and, and beg you not to leave him? Miss Dennis! <laughs> Where will you go now? You got people somewhere? Oh, sure, I have people. A parents in Philadelphia who never want to see me again. Two years ago, when Luther come back for me, they fought us all they could. They, when they saw I meant to leave with him, they said, don't come back. You can't stay here. The nearest to me is here. There's two dead babies out there by where I'll set Luther down. You can't stay here alone. Isn't safe. I'm not used to feeling safe. Captain, it's already out there. Then you can go now. Mrs. Dennis, this is no country for a woman alone. We'll take you to Fort Laramie. It's safe there. And You'll you... leave me be. It's not a brave thing staying on here. It's stupid. I mean to stay on with Luther a while yet. All right, Mrs. Dennis. <laughs> Let's get back to the horses, Sergeant. We're wasting time. Mm -hmm. 
wasn't much grateful, was she, Captain? We did a small thing. She'd no cause to be grateful, Flint. She's no mind to be grateful for anything the West gives her or takes away. Must have been a pretty little thing once. Kind of dainty-like. How old do you reckon she is, sir? Oh, early 20s. <laughs> Looks most half a lifetime to me, Captain. All drawn tight and mean. The West does that to a woman. They come here as girls and no time they're women. Old, past their years. She's not mean, Flint. She's soft as a kitten. She's born a lot, that's all. Oh, you think that, sir? I know that. You'd think she'd want to leave, though. No use her hanging on to the land. She can't prove it up by herself. She'll get out once she thinks it's her own idea. Right now, she thinks she can't face the thought of leaving him there. She's got nowhere she wants to go. Wonder, wonder what'll happen to her. I mean, alone, like that. She can't fend for herself, can she, Captain? Those women I seen out here would find them a man, any man, marry again, just to live. They hate the West. Chances are they'd hate the man, too. But they keep marrying to live. Now this one, Captain. You seem pretty sure, Sergeant. Just a feeling. She'll go back east somewhere. Leave her dead. Go back where she came from. She don't belong out here. Well, she's got no wagon or a stock to pull it. If she goes, she'll have to walk. Maybe she won't, sir. Maybe she won't. Come in. You sent for me, Captain? Yeah, Gorris. Come in. Yes, sir. Sergeant Gorse, ever since we got back from Horse Creek, the fort's been full of stories that make the cavalry sound like a wet nurse outfit. You know anything about them? What, what kind of stories, sir? You know any troopers who are going around collecting money to send Mrs. Dennis back east? Troopers? No, sir, I don't. I've been kind of lucky at poker lately. Thought maybe I'd share it with whoever's running the charity around here. I guess that'd be me, sir. I guess it would. Here. Obliged, Captain. You're not going to make this a habit? No, sir. You taking the money to her? No, sir. Private Flint's leave starts tomorrow after first call. He'll do it. That's all, Sergeant. Yes, sir. She, uh, she reminds you of someone, Gorse? Girl somewhere? No, sir, it ain't that. It's just she's so little and all, kind of like a stray. She don't belong out here. Carry on, Sergeant. Captain Quince reporting, sir. Oh, I'm afraid you didn't do a very good job on the Shoshones, Captain. We didn't wipe them out, Major, if that's what you mean. You met them near the Nebraska border before, isn't that right? And they were hightailing it into Nebraska the last we saw, those that lived. Mm. Well, they're back, Lee. 
And in numbers, too. They're hungry in numbers. I'm familiar with your charitable streak, Captain Quince. I understand it's spread to Sergeant Gorse, right on down to the ranks. There's no cause for worry, Major. It's not widespread enough to be called an epidemic. All right, all right, Lee. The Shoshones are raiding homesteaders from our side of the North Platte, south along Horse Creek. I understand there aren't many settlers along the creek. No, not many. They're not just hungry, Captain Quince. This time they're carrying off women. Any questions? No, sir. Then move out. There's smoke ahead, Captain. I see there is, Mr. Seibertz. Might be able to surprise them. Just how do you think we could manage that? Well, sir, if the fire's still burning, chances are there may be Indians around somewhere. Look at that smoke again, Mr. Seibertz. Yes, sir? Well? I still see it. Good for you. Then you see the fire smoldering, not burning fresh. You think the Shoshones have gone on, sir? They're not ones to sit around and admire their work once they've struck. Oh! Sergeant! Yo! Think we can find them, Captain? They're probably hours away by now. Pleasure to trap, Mr. Seibert. Yes, sir? Sergeant, that's Carpenter's cabin ahead, isn't it? Was, sir. You and I'll ride in, Sergeant. Mr. Seibert will move the patrol to that rise to the left and hold the position. Two shots will be your signal to move in, Mr. Seibert. Yes, sir. That's an old fire, Captain. Smoldering. Mr. Seibert and I know that, Sergeant. Any questions, Mr. Seibertz? No, sir. Then move out. Yes, sir. Come on, Gorse. is an old fire sergeant. Yes, sir. And it'd be his wife's brother by the cabin. He ain't been here months, sir. That's all there was? Carpenter, his wife, her brother? Just the three of them, Captain. I, I don't see her anywhere, right? Huh? Uh, it's not likely we will. You'd think it'd be enough just to kill a man, wouldn't you, Captain? You'd think so, Gorse. Come on. No sign of life, sir? No sign of life, Mr. Seibertz. I was wondering, I Captain... know what you're wondering, Sergeant. Her place would be north of here, sir. Due north, along the creek. Mr. Seibertz. Yes, sir. You'll take half the patrol and move along Horse Creek to the south. You see those dots of smoke on the horizon? I see them, sir. Well, check them. Yes, sir. Sergeant Gorse, prepare to move the other half to the north. Yes, sir. All right, fall in. I'm going north with Gorse, Mr. Seibertz. We'll rendezvous at the usual point in the North Platte. First arrival makes camp and waits. With pickets out. Right, Captain. 
I'll judge the fires better this time, sir. Use your eyes, Mr. Seibertz. Then use your head. How long are you going to wait, Captain? Nothing stirred up there by her place. The troopers in position? Yes, sir. Full circle. Set back in the hills, all around the hut. Likely she's gone by now. Flint would have been through here with the money two, three days ago. Maybe. I'm going in, Gorse. You got a clear shot at the door? All the way. I didn't think we'd find her hut still standing. Well, we'll see, Sergeant. Hold your fire, Gorse. That came from the hut, sir. The army's not welcome here, Captain. You fire that again, ma'am. The whole patrol will move in. You have some money to give me, too, Captain. Oh. Oh. Now we'll, we'll talk inside, Mrs. Dennis. You all right, sir? No problem, Sergeant. How many men, Captain? Six, all around the hut. Six army men, after one woman. The Shoshones are raiding all along Horse Creek. You're lucky they missed you. Lucky? You can uh, bring a few things, but not much. Let's get them together. You didn't answer me, Captain. I asked you what you come for. I told you to take you back. I was real took in at first. I felt sort of kindly toward all the... Brave army men who put by the money for me. Private Flint was here then? <laughs> that his name? That nice, smiley one who dug Luther's grave? Yeah, he was here. Clean till early this morning he was here. I don't figure I owe the army a thing now, Captain. Not a thing. Um... Sorry, Mrs. Dennis. You're always too late, aren't you, Captain? Too late for everything. I... I am sorry. I warned you it wasn't safe here. So your hands are clean. Your conscience is clear. I didn't mean that. Oh, you warned me, but I had in mind you was talking about Indians when you said this was no country for a woman alone. Indians or Flint or any man who hasn't seen a woman for a long time. Now you've come. Six of you. To force you to safety this time, ma'am. There's a safe place for a woman out here? Fort Laramie, for the time being. Flint was from Fort Laramie. Private Flint isn't the whole cavalry, Mrs. Dennis. You'll uh, get food there, rest. In a couple of days, there's a stage out for the east. With cavalry protection? Not unless it's called for, ma'am. Go back home. I guess that's all that's left. I hate that, Captain. I hate it. I I know how you feel, Miss Dennis, but I I just want to tell you that I... You don't. You couldn't. You couldn't know how I feel about anything. I'm getting my things now. 
the stage driver says about five minutes. I wondered if I'd see you again, Captain. I owed it to the sergeant, the troopers, to see their money got spent the way they meant it. I wondered if I'd find a feeling in me to be grateful to you. Any of you. No one's asking for any thanks, ma'am. No one expects any. Once I can forget, maybe I can be grateful. You're better off leaving. Luther was a good man. I used to read all he sent me about the West. He he saw the, the, the good of it. New and full of hope, that's how he said it. I, I never saw that in it, Captain. I never saw the good. It isn't all good, isn't all bad either. But you're better off back home, reading about it. Well, I, I'd better be getting on the stage now. Safe journey to you, ma'am. Thank you, Captain. And I, I, I mean thank you. Goodbye, Mrs. Dennis. All set, driver. Yes, in the saloon. You should feel right about things now, Gorse. You were the first to know she didn't belong here. I won't feel right till he's settled, Captain. It... Oh, but how can he be now? The army can't touch him without Mrs. Dennis tells her story. She's been through enough. But how about him? Why, he'd have drawn time, plenty of time for what he'd done to her. Don't worry about it, Gorse. Well, now, wait, Captain. You can't do it that way. I... I've seen you like this before, Captain. You're killing me. I'll handle it, Gorse. You know what they do to you, sir. Killing him ain't worth that. I'm not going to kill him. But I am going to mark him up. Maybe he'll wish I had killed him. Is he drunk? Not yet, sir. In uniform? No. Still on leave. You give me five minutes emergency leave. Just five minutes. You leave him be, Gorse. That's an order. Yes, sir. Over there, Captain. I see him. You stay here. But, Captain... That's an order, Gorse. Yes, sir. What? Captain Quince. Hello. Set your glass down, Flint. (laughs) Not on orders just yet, Captain. Two more days of my leave coming to me. Set it down. Uh, He's got his rights, Captain. This saloon's not run by the Army. It is now. Clear everyone out of here, barkeep. Now, you just wait. Sergeant! Clear the premises. Yes, sir. What is this? I don't know what you got in mind. I do. There's regulations on my side, Captain. I'm waiting to hear you say it isn't true, Flint. (laughs) Setting your saber aside... Taking off your tunic don't make you less an officer. You can't lay a hand on me. There's regulations. I'm waiting, Flint. You, you touch me and I'll go over your head. I'll tell my story to the major. You do that. He'll break you down to my size once I tell my story. You tell him, Flint, and tell it all, because I'll be there to see you don't leave any of it out. And don't come any closer. 
I got every right to defend myself. You sure do. Put that chair down. I I don't care who you are. I'm just like you now, Flint. I got every right to defend myself. Your saloon's looking kind of run down, barkeep. Looks to me like it's due for some repairs. Yeah, it sounded like it. But what about the customer? You just gonna leave him there? See, he's taken to the infirmary, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Is he bad off, Captain? I'm not the best judge, Gorse. I'd say a good army doctor could get him on his feet again in uh, six months, maybe. That saloon brawling sure is punishing stuff, sir. It's deadly, Sergeant. Well, what about me, my saloon? Well, I'd watch who I let in there after this barkeep. That man had a bad temper. Threw one of your chairs at me. Fort Laramie is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald and stars Raymond Burr as Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry, with Vic Perrin as Sergeant Gorse. The script was specially written for Fort Laramie by Kathleen Height, with sound patterns by Bill James and Ray Kemper, musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Featured in the cast were Virginia Christine, John Daner, and Barney Phillips. Jack Moyles is Major Daggett, and Harry Bartell is Lieutenant Seibertz. Company tension. Dismiss. Next week, another transcribed story of the Northwest Frontier and the troopers who fought under Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. CBS Radio urges you to follow through to make sure you're registered to vote next November, no matter which candidate you prefer. You are lost in making a choice unless you're registered to vote in a national election. Are you sure you're registered? Are you sure the rest of the voters in your family are? Make sure today. Registration laws vary from state to state. Make sure you're in the book.
Fort Laramie with The Woman at Horse Creek, starring Raymond Burr, from February 11, 1956. Also in the cast, Virginia Christine, Vic Perrin, Barney Phillips, Jack Moyles, John Daner, and Harry Bartell as heard on CBS. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month, along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 Classic Radio episodes for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another exciting Western drama on Fort Laramie starring Raymond Burr for you after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, Captain Lee Quince has an unusual way to give Lieutenant Seibertz the confidence he needs to be a good officer. Here's the Loving Cup on Fort Laramie. Captain Lee Quince, specially transcribed tales of the dark and tragic ground of the wild frontier, the saga of fighting men who rode the rim of empire, and the dramatic story of Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. <laughs> oh, you want another piece of pie, won't you, Captain? Oh, no, ma'am, I sure won't. Now, Captain. Now, Mary. Just another little sliver. Oh, I thank you kindly, Mrs. Daggett, but I've got no more room. Why, you hardly ate a thing. Mary. Oh, my. I promised, didn't I, dear? You promised. Although why I thought you'd keep it is beyond me. You see, Captain, I'm under orders, too. When you come to dinner, I'm not to urge more food upon you than you voluntarily take. It was a fine dinner, ma'am. Thank you. But you see, I've been guilty of smothering you. Or mothering you, I can never remember which. It amounts to about the same thing, doesn't it, Lee? (laughs) I'm a neutral in this kind of war, Major. Smart neutral, too. You got both sides looking out for your best interests. I haven't finished telling you the rest of my orders, Captain. Under the circumstances, I've really behaved with remarkable restraint all evening. Uh, yes, ma'am. I haven't once mentioned the name Willa Burgess. Well, at least you know I tried, Lee. <laughs> uh, but now that her name has come up, I'd like to say that I think she's a lovely person. <clears throat> 
quite lovely, in fact. Uh, to me, a willa is an amazing combination of qualities. You should have taken another piece of pie, Lee, and spared yourself this. Well, next time I'll remember. She's warm, feminine, yet she's capable, with great strength of character. And if I were a man... But you're not, my dear. A fact which delights me most of the time. But not now. Emphatically not now. Well, then this must be the time for me to remember the mending I must do, if you gentlemen will excuse me. Let me help you, dear. It doesn't look as if I can avoid it. Miss Daggett? Oh, please come again, Captain. I'll probably be every bit as bad next time, but I do enjoy having you. Oh, it's my pleasure, ma'am. Oh, there's brandy and cigars in the living room. You'll be glad to know I don't care for any. Good night, dear. Good night. Try not to miss me too much. Ah, she's improving, Lee. That's the fastest retreat she's ever staged. Oh, she's all right, sir. Yes. Yes, she is. She said, uh, brandy. Hmm? Brandy. Oh. oh, yes, yes, she did. Oh, I can remember how it was, Lee. When I was a bachelor officer, I thought the worst duty I could draw was a dinner invitation from a ranking officer who was married. Oh, it depends on the officer. And his wife. I didn't suffer tonight, sir. Oh, good. Well, make yourself comfortable, Lee. Sit down. If your belt's tight, your blouse or your boots, undo them. Mm. <sighs> Much obliged. Cigars are in the humidor. Yep. Mmm. You're smoking better tobacco than you used to. Yeah, I am. Here's your brandy, Lee. Thanks. Uh, cigar, Major? Hmm. Thanks. Have them uh, made up special, do you? Well, uh, uh, a friend sends them to me. Yeah, must be a good friend. That's good tobacco. You remember that night outside Richmond, Major? It was cold as sin. We were billeted in that plantation. I remember. It's funny you'd think of Richmond just now. Yeah. Yeah, it is. What was her name? Lee, I, uh, pretty little thing. Wouldn't pass the time with the rest of us, I remember, but she kept worrying whether you were going to be warm enough. That was a long time ago. Seems to me that was a tobacco plantation. Lee, Mary and I have been married for almost six years. It's a good marriage. Yeah, I think it is. Mary wouldn't understand, Richmond. Uh, you weren't married then. She still wouldn't understand. No, no. These, uh, these cigars, they're... They're good cigars. Ah, uh, yeah. They're good cigars. Hmm. Well, we go back quite a ways, you and I. Since the old days of the Third Cavalry, the Battle of Bull Run. A lot of years, Lee. A lot of life. A lot of death, Major. I guess I know you as well as you permit anyone to know you. Permit? Oh, that's heavy talk on one brandy, Major. Well, there's more brandy. And more talk? More talk, Lee. You better brace yourself. Well, I'm fortified. I, uh, I took the last two patrols out for a purpose. Yeah, I suppose that. 
Wanted to prove something to myself. I think I have. You know, he's a different man when you're not around, Lee. Who is? Lieutenant Seibert's. How different? Well, he's still learning, but he's a good officer. He has judgment. He takes responsibility, makes decisions. And on the whole, they're good decisions. I don't remember passing judgment on Mr. Seibert's to you, Major. You never have, and I'm not asking you to now. That's good. But I've watched him when you were around. At routine reports, strategy sessions. He, he freezes up. He acts stupid, bungling. And he isn't. All right. He isn't. He's scared to death of you. You just have one brandy, Major? I know what I'm talking about. Oh, it, it isn't your rank. He has a respect for rank, but he doesn't fear it. It's you, Lee. As Mr. Seibert said it was me? He hasn't said anything. I haven't asked him about it. Now, these are my observations. I think they hold up. What do you think? I don't know. Well, think about it. Think about a man being scared to death of me? I don't know how. What do you think of Seibert's, frankly? I think he's very young. Oh, come on, Lee. Come on, where? We've both worked with men who were younger. I thought you weren't going to ask me to pass judgment on Mr. Seibert's. That's right, I wasn't. I'd just as soon leave it there, Major. We can't leave it there. You can. We can't. You know what we're up against out here as well as I do. An ineffective trooper is bad enough, but an ineffective officer is dangerous. And it's wasteful. You figuring I can do something about Mr. Seibert's? Well, leaving that up to you. I'm asking you to think about it. I'm asking for your help. I don't know that I'm the one to help, Major. But I'll think about it. It might call for a change in your attitude toward him, Lee. It might. Of course, I'd have to find out first what my attitude toward him is, wouldn't I? into it, Flint. Just you stay with him. Now fire straight away next time. Get closer to his head. Got some new recruits, Sergeant? Morning, Captain. Uh, you talking about the men or the horses? Oh, the horses. They're new. Flint's training them to stand fire. The horse knows that, does he? I keep saying he does. Some take a little bit more encouragement than others, you know. You talking about men or horses? Excuse me, Captain. All right, Flint, take him out now. Be on the hay yard. Run him real good and try firing at the gallop a while. He sure was ugly for a while, but Flint will make a steady goer out of him. Yeah, you can tell about horses. Plungers, kickers, rearers, you work them enough. You can tell if it's in them to be a steady goer. You know horses, you can tell. Be helpful if you could tell about a man is easy. A man standing fire? Man standing anything. If you could tell by looking, that sure would be helpful, Captain. Now, that horse Flint's training. He's afraid of that pistol now. He's first afraid looking at it. But mostly it's the sound that scares him. That's it. Sure it is. But we can look at that horse and know he'll train out of it. Is that because we know horses or because we know what they're afraid of? I'd say it was both, Captain. Maybe one thing more. What's that? 
Well, we can understand the horse would be afraid of the pistol. We figure him to be right from the start. Yeah. Yeah, knowing he's afraid to begin with, that's, that's a lot to know. And then, too, that horse is bound to find out he's got nothing to fear from that pistol. Once he finds out, he ain't afraid anymore. You saying the man ought to face up to his fears? I was talking about horses. Yeah, sure you were. But about a man, well, he ought to face up to his fears. Well, maybe he can't. Maybe, maybe he don't know what they are. Or maybe knowing he don't understand them. That way, his fear's got to face up to him. Seems like. There's one thing about it, Captain. Sooner or later, they got to get together. Quince. You, uh, busy, Mr. Seibert? Uh, no, sir. I was just... Uh, uh, certainly not at all busy, Captain. You mind if I come in? I, I wish you would. I have a chair? Oh, yeah. I, I, uh, you're, you're sure you're not busy? Not busy, no, I wasn't. I'm, um... Uh, please sit down, Captain. All right. <laughs> Guess it will. Well, I, um... I guess I'll just sit down, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, make yourself at home. <laughs> I, I will. Um, thanks. I, uh, Guess you were working there at your desk. Oh, nothing important. I, well, I, I keep a journal, Captain. You know, what, what happens day by day. Just a journal, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just to pass the time. Uh, you, you don't keep one, do you? No. No, no, I don't. No, I, I didn't think so. No, it's, it's all right, though. I mean, the man wants to... Oh, he wants to set things down. Why, he, he ought to do it. I remember once you said that uh, you didn't keep one because there was a lot you wanted to forget. I probably said that. Well, I, I know I just took from that you didn't approve of journals. Did I say I didn't approve, Mr. Seibert? No, no, sir. I, I just took from that what I thought was... No, wait a minute. I, I didn't mean to bark at you. Uh, well, what I mean is, a lot of men keep journals, that's all. It's, it's, man wants to do it, it's, it's up to him. It's, it's all right. Yes, sir. It, Mr. Seibert, do you drink? Drink? Yeah, drink. Whiskey. You know, whiskey. Well, sometimes. I'm not sure I know what you're talking about, Captain. I'm talking about drinking, Mr. Seibert. You and me in a bottle of whiskey. Now? Right now. I'd be proud to, Captain. Yeah. Yeah, me too, Mr. Seibert. Well, 
<laughs> Got to be a first time for everything, isn't that what you say? A first time for everything? Yeah, you hear it all the time. That's what I say, too. The first time I ever came over to Laramie Village. The drink, I mean. With a fellow officer. To drink. You, you, you do it a lot? Mm, sometimes. You know, when it seems like a good idea. No, well, that's a good idea. When it seems like a good idea. Yeah, best time. <laughs> you know, when I was a cadet at the point, a couple of us upperclassmen decided we want to go over this little tavern. <laughs> Only it's across the Hudson River. And where we have to cross is no bridge. Makes kind of wet walking. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it does. So we made these plebes. You know what plebes are, Captain? Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard about them. <laughs> well, we we made these plebes get an old barge for us. <laughs> we we crossed that old Hudson that night, like Washington crossing the Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, we sure enjoyed that. Oh, pour you a drink? Oh, sure, thanks. You know, the way I'm talking, I guess I don't need one, except... Well, I do need one. D does that sound all right? You don't need one, but you do. Sounds all right to me. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I, I drink a little, Captain. I always get talking about West Point. I hope you don't mind. You talk about anything that comes into your head. You mean that? I said it. Oh, there's something I've wanted to talk to you about for a long time. Well, this would be a good time to say it. It's Clausewitz. I've always wanted to discuss Clausewitz with you. It might be a very short discussion. Well, you've read him, of course. Karl von Clausewitz is the Prussian? I know who you're talking about. He wrote a stack of books hip-high about military strategy. Oh, I couldn't believe you wouldn't know about him. I, I think I read every word he ever wrote. Some of it in the original German. Clausewitz's field was artillery. That is true, that is true. But still, most army men I've known feel that as a strategist, he was the greatest of them all. Oh, you can find army men who say he produced no system of strategy at all. No system of strategy? What was it? Well, in his exposition of the philosophy of war, he pointed out that all of the enemy, men, women, children, they were all part of war. You call that a system of strategy? In total war, you bet I do. How about our wars here, now? Well, it doesn't apply, naturally. Next time you fight a total war, you file Clausewitz to the letter. Uh, don't you worry a little bit. I will. You don't like Clausewitz. Uh, I can't use him. I'm in the cavalry. I fight little wars. You don't like Clausewitz. And I don't understand it because you're a good man, Quince. A good man, smart, 
<laughs> imagine me talking to you man to man this way imagine that huh? don't have to imagine it we're doing it ah, now that calls for a little drink oh my oh, uh, oh sorry i guess i knocked that over it, you knocked it over yeah Isn't that funny i thought i did <laughs> oh are you drunk captain Drunk and disorderly, Mr. Simon. <laughs> Drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't think you know how wonderful that is. Don't you worry, Captain. I'll see that we get back to the fort in good shape. Mr. Seibertz. Morning, Captain. You look very fit. I feel fine, sir. <clears throat> and you? I'm alive, Mr. Seibertz. And that's pure exaggeration. I doused my head in a cold basin a few times. It made all the difference. I left my head in the basin. Oh, about last night, Captain. If, if I said anything, sir, out of line. Well, I did have quite a bit to drink. And, and... so did I. Might have said a few things myself. I, I enjoyed it, Mr. Seibertz. It was my pleasure. You seen the Major yet? Uh, no, sir. I thought we ought to present a, a united front, Captain. <laughs> Fine. We'll do that. Captain Quince, Lieutenant Seibert's reporting, Major. As you were, gentlemen. Sit down. Thank you, sir. Strange bit of business has come up. I think maybe you're the men to take a patrol out and check into it. Ever been a part of a roundup, Lieutenant? Cattle, sir? No, I haven't. No, not cattle. These are wild horses. Yeah, I didn't know you could round up wild horses. Well, I don't say it's easy, but... Are you listening, Captain? Yeah, I'm listening. How many wild horses? The report says about 50 over near the Mud Springs Station. Some settlers and some folks from a wagon train are supposed to have them contained in a canyon near there. Who says they're wild? Until I know different, I'll have to go by the telegraph message, Captain. It says they're wild. The settlers want no part of them. They're stampeding off a lot of their stock. I think we should get them if we can before any renegade Sioux capture them. Well, it's worth a try, sir. If we get any of them, we're ahead of the game. When do we leave, Major? As soon as you pick your men, take as many as you need. I'd say it wasn't a question of how many majors, so long as we pick the best riders. Uh, don't you agree, Captain? Completely, Mr. Sabertz. Ah, if that's the case. Now, look here, Lee. Gentlemen, I'll want reports regularly by telegraph and, uh, uh, move out. This your plan we're working out here, Captain? Something wrong with the plan, Sergeant? I can't say it's wrong. It's working. Was Mr. Seibert's with you? No, sir. He's down there operating a lot like Napoleon. Like Clausewitz, Sergeant. Who's that? A friend of Mr. Seibert's. 
You have any trouble bringing the Indians over from the reservation? Not a bit. You know, they're kind of peaceful-like when you got guns and they ain't. Good idea bringing Indians. Reckon they know more about wild horses than we do. Yeah, reckon they do. Captain, you right sure this is your plan? Mr. Seibertz and I discussed it and agreed on it. Any questions, Sergeant? No, sir. None I'm ready to ask. I'm riding down to the mouth of the canyon. Looks like they're cutting them out of there at a good rate. You coming? I was told to hold this position, Captain, as a lookout. Yeah. See, you keep a sharp eye, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Look good from a distance, Mr. Simons. Thanks, Captain. Glad you rode down. It looks even better close up. Yeah, you got some of them on lead ropes already. Barred a corral from the next ranch. Some of those Indians can sit them already. Best natural riders in the world, you know, Indians. That's what I understand. Look to me like you got most of the 50 out of the canyon. Well, we'll get back to Fort Laramie with at least 40 of them, Captain. Of course, that's a few days off, but we got what we came for. Yeah, that's the important thing. Are you uh, feeling better? Hmm? Your leg. It doesn't bother you anymore? Oh, oh. Yeah, it's coming right along, thanks. You've uh, done a good job, Mr. Cybert. All of it. Mighty good job. Thank you, sir. Feels like I have. Forgot. Brought you some cigars, Captain. Ah, thank you, Major. That's still good tobacco. You've come a long way from that smelly hod you used to carry. I'm not the only one that's come a long way, Lee. That's so? Lieutenant Seibert's around? He left just a few minutes ago. Went down to the post office. They sent word a book he'd ordered had come through. A book? General McClellan's book. On the regulations and instructions for the cavalry in time of war? Yeah. Well, I'll be... (laughs) I don't know what you did, how you managed, Lee, but you worked wonders with him. I want you to know I'm grateful. I'm no hand at that kind of thing, Major. If the problem's not a problem anymore, you should thank Mr. Seibert's. He's a different man. It's all the thanks he needs. Ah, It's a big change, Lee. We're welding a tight-knit little force here, men who fight together and live together. Now that you and Seibert's are friends... Well, just a minute, Major. I'm a soldier. If I can help lick another soldier's problem, that's fine with me. But you're talking about friends. You don't like Seibert's? Like him? Well, that's not my kind of word. You asked me once what I thought of him. I told you he was very young. I took it you meant inexperienced. Young, inexperienced. I'm calling it immature. You can get old with years, you can get experience, but maturity, that's something you earn. It's got to be in you to earn it. Well, I don't believe in miracles, Captain. You and Seibert's are night and day. 
Nothing will change that. Oh, we're different men, that's all. Cyberts has licked a big hurdle with your help. Maybe that's the beginning of maturity. Maybe it is, Major. Maybe. Maybe it is. Fort Laramie is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald and stars Raymond Burr as Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry, with Vic Perrin as Sergeant Gorse. The script was specially written for Fort Laramie by Kathleen Height, with sound patterns by Bill James and Ray Kemper, musical supervision by Amerigo Marino. Featured in the cast were Jack Moyles as Major Daggett, Harry Bartell as Lieutenant Seibertz, and Helen Klebe as Mrs. Daggett. Company tension. Dismiss. Next week, another transcribed story of the Northwest Frontier and the troopers who fought under Lee Quince, Captain of Cavalry. Many a culprit doesn't even know when his cigarette has started a forest fire. You're driving along through a woodland and out the window goes a live cigarette butt. Would you be apt to connect it with the next day's headlines of property, perhaps human life too, gone up in smoke? When in or near the woods, take personal responsibility for matches and cigarettes. Make certain your matches, cigarettes and campfires are out before you leave them anywhere. Laramie with the Loving Cup, starring Raymond Burr from June 24, 1956. Also in the cast, Helen Klebe, Vic Perrin, Harry Bartell, Jack Moyles, and Sam Edwards, as heard on CBS. Stick around, I'll have our lineup for episode 33 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 33 of the Classic Radio Theater brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two episodes of the Screen Director's Playhouse starring Bob Hope, 
Jane Russell, and John Garfield, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening.